From Redeemer Church Norman, you're listening to the Gospel Coaching Podcast, a spiritual formation podcast about engaging culture at the intersection of the gospel and our daily lives. This week, we're talking about pastoral leadership. I'm Josh Caudill, youth minister here. I'm joined by pastors Paul Kingery and Jacob Laban, as well as our two pastoral candidates, John Dobbs and Stephen Branch. Uh, Paul, would you care to give us a brief explanation of what this whole pastoral candidacy thing means? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, here at here at Redeemer, we have a pastoral council. And so we don't just have, you know, one head or main or lead pastor. We have a whole team. And mm-hmm. so, you know, myself and Jacob and Andy uh, McDonald, who is on sabbatical right now, um, we serve on that team. Uh, we are all um, equal on that team. And uh, our church is growing. And so yeah. the that's a that's a that's a great thing. That's a cool thing that, that God has um, given us grace in that. He's allowed us to grow. But with that, there are more people to pastor. And yeah. so, you know, we, you know, over the past probably a year to 18 months, Jacob and I and Andy have been asking that question of, okay, God, um, you know, who is in our midst that, you know, that we see that, that already is exhibiting those pastoral qualities, um, you know, who do we see serving in those capacities? And then who do we think that might also acknowledge that and affirm those qualities in themselves? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of where John Dobbs and Stephen Branch um, made the cut, I guess you could say. We, we always, you know, we've spent a lot of time with them and they've been around for a long time, um, both here at Redeemer and, and before previous churches that we've served at with them and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, they've stepped into a pastoral candidacy program. And so that's a mix of trainings. And so every other week, so every other Thursday night, we, we gather for a couple hours and uh, we're going through a book right now called gospel eldership um, by a pastor named Bob Thune. And uh, we're working through that book together, um, going through trainings together in the, in the evenings on Thursdays. And then the off weeks of those, uh, we have lunch, we meet in the city, um, kind of for more, a more laid back, nah, not necessarily a training, but a dialogue, I guess. But, um, so yeah, that's been going on for about six months now that's and, awesome. um, it's going really well. So yeah. Jacob, you have any more comments about what it's looked like? Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Um, the, the pastoral ministry is a, a, an interesting role for me. I'm, I'm a, a, a lay pastor, I guess you, you could say I am, um, did not, growing up think I would be a pastor at a church. I yeah. thought I would be involved in a church. I thought I would sure. um, serve however the Lord had for me to serve there, but I did not think I would be a pastor at a church. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been really neat when Andy started Redeemer and and started teaching and coaching and, and uh, you know, showing me that um, a pastor, the definition of a pastor is not has a degree from seminary, mm-hmm. which I, which I, growing up, if someone would have said to me, what is a pastor? I would have said someone who is a professional minister and has been to a credentialing yeah. university. I have not been to a credentialing university. I aspire to someday. I'd love to do that. Uh, someday I'd love to take some seminary classes and maybe get a degree someday, but I've not done that right now. But as again, as, as 
when Paul and I went through this process, has it been two and a half, three years ago? It'll be three years in is November. Three years I in November. Is when we actually, uh, I guess we started I was gonna say, almost three and a half. Uh-huh. So when Paul and I went through this process, it was, it was um, very gratifying to me to, to learn a lot of the things that Andy kind of showed us in the, in the word about um, what it means to be a pastor and what it means to be an elder. Um, and I feel like I've learned a lot and I, and I think this podcast is, is really important and really going to be good to help talk to our people about what being a pastor means at Redeemer, yeah. because I've, you know, in, in having conversations with different people um, who have been in the process of joining Redeemer, one of the steps is to have a, a pastoral meeting. And so I have come to meet with people and mm-hmm. very sweetly, I've had several people say to me, essentially, no offense, but I didn't know you were a pastor, like <laughs> meaning, you know, like I didn't know you, yeah. I didn't know you were, had been to seminary. And I said, well, I haven't. And that's been an yeah. opportunity for me to kind of talk through this, right. what, what being a pastor at Redeemer means. So I'm excited for this podcast to kind of get the word out more. Yeah. And I just want to echo what Paul said as well about um, how excited we are to have John and Stephen because yeah. they um, have have been doing this yeah, of what they're already doing. Right. Um, and so it's it's just we're really blessed. So Stephen and John, we're excited you guys are here today. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what before starting this pastoral candidacy program, what has your leadership at Redeemer looked like? How have, how have you been involved at Redeemer? Um, I've been, I think, part of the setup team, mm-hmm. just kind of on Sunday mornings, one of the leaders that um, comes early, kind of gets the team together, organizes the team, helps get that going and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm also a member of the finance team, so we just kind of go through stuff, um, you know, help make the budget every year, mm-hmm. um, discuss just kind of details of the church that, you know, just have to be discussed, you know, just to, to make sure that financially we're doing what God has called us to do and that we're, um, I think using his money in the way that, that, that he wants us yeah. to. Um, we've also, I've also been apprenticed, me and my wife, Amy have, uh, been apprenticed for you know well i guess uh, for about a year before we started our uh, started a regroup of our own um we were apprenticed in our regroup um to kind of to kind of learn how to guide and and uh, you know be in that community of our regroup and to i guess to to really just kind of just to see see what we need to do in order to kind of build a build relationships and to help um, help facilitate a group that's willing to talk yeah. together and to share life together and to share our problems together. Mm-hmm. John, what are you up to? Well, I guess about uh, four years ago, I emailed Andy and said, hey, um, we're looking at visiting Redeemer. What are you about? We met in a coffee shop like of course, two days later. <laughs> and his energy and passion for the gospel drew me to Redeemer. So we visited and we've been here ever since. We started going to his regroup as Maggie and I and our family started going to his regroup. And we set in and I guess we essentially apprenticed. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, then at one point, our group needed to, what's the word? Multiply. Multiply. (laughs) Needed to multiply. And so we went and moved into our homes. We were able to host and, and just, I guess, learn how to uh, bring people in, love them well, yeah. uh, just gather as believers and um, apprentice with Jacob. And then now we've been kind of co-leading, I guess, yeah. if you want to call it that. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that I've always seen John has been willing to do. He's willing to, you know, step out and, and welcome people into his home and really be there to, to allow people to come in. And yeah. even if he doesn't, you know, he might've met him one time and he's just willing to step in there and be like, come on, let's, right. let's live together. So just a general question for anyone, uh, thinking about the gospel, just in general, why does pastoring people matter? Where, where do we, where do we find this call to pastor people in the gospel and in the Bible? Or think about it like in your life, what what motivates you to be a leader in a in a pastoral role? Yeah, so you know, for us as pastors here at Redeemer, um, you know, and for the guys in the candidacy program, uh, for for any believer, you know, we we take our lead from Jesus, mm-hmm. and so you know, he was the the ultimate pastor, um, you know, perfect uh, perfect uh, prophet, priest, and king, and so um, that's in in some ways that's why we feel like a pastoral council is the best thing is that we can, none of us individually can fulfill those, those different offices Mm -hmm. of Christ, um, in the way that's needed. And so it's, it just makes sense. I mean, obviously it's prescribed in, in, in the word and in the new Testament, but, um, it just makes sense to have a team, you know, so we can see, uh, what, what, what others can't see in us. We can, we can view each other, um, in different ways. But if we're talking about, different passages. Well, the one that comes to mind is, uh, when Jesus, uh, post-resurrection is having breakfast on the beach and he's talking to Peter. And so in verse 15 of chapter 21, it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time. And so we kind of see that that repetition of, you know, Peter denying Christ earlier. And so Jesus is, in some ways, I think being funny, because um, Jesus has like kind of a weird sense of humor sometimes. And it's at the time, it's just kind of like, Peter's like, this is, this is so terrible. <laughs> you know, uh, yes, I love you. Um, <laughs> And it says right here, so Jesus is, in some ways, he's, of course, he's being serious, and he's about to give a directive again, but Peter, you know, he says, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? It says, Peter was grieved, because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And so then he kind of goes on to explain, um, you know, the kind of death that Peter's going to die, and, uh, you know, a death of crucifixion. Um like Christ, but so I think right here we we see that 
the sheep need tending. Like we, we are going to be serving, um, our people. We need to feed, um, the flock that we've been entrusted to. And, uh, so that's one, that's one kind of explicit example of, you know, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. You know, if you actually love me, this is something that's going to happen. Um, so what about, what about you guys, you know, as you, you know, kind of to echo what Josh said of, you know, being called to pastor, you know, where in your, you know, ministry or your, you know, belief in Christ, your faith, uh, what kind of pushed you towards the pastorate, you know, being, being called as a pastor? I think for me, it was a, a desire to serve, um, a desire to love people. What is, what, what is it? The inverted, the inverted church. There's an idea, um, that we've, we've discussed in different pastoral meetings about there's, there's models of organizations and there's organizations that are kind of run from the top down. Um, and then there's organizations that are encouraged from the bottom up. And, and, and I hope to be someone who encourages and loves and, and, and props up. Um, I, that that is what motivates me. I think we kind of. I mean, in my just experience growing up, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. We had mm-hmm. we had basically one pastor that was, you know, the the head of the church. I think is you know, how I would kind of describe it and 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 look at it. Um, and you know, I think there are lots of churches that are like that 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 are able to to grow and to be in Christ and everything. And, but you know, some I've, I've seen at that same time that there's been where that pastor has left and then the church just, you know, kind of crumbles because it was built on a man. And, and I think kind of the way I look at it is, um, when I'm coming to, you know, whenever I was felt like I was, should accept the responsibility of going through the training and everything. I kind of looked at it like, you know, we have, I feel like we have three really good pastors right now. We have three pastors that, that are there and that are servants and, you know, they, but, but I feel like they want to train us to be able to, you know, not, not even necessarily take anything off their plate. But if, if, if you're, I mean, if you look at Paul, he, yeah. Wherever he was. No, oh, oh, okay. not me. Hold on. Sorry. Hold okay, on. sorry. <laughs> Capital A apostle. Yeah, Paul. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. If you look at Paul, he's, you know, everywhere he went, he, he didn't just, he wasn't just the head of the church there. You know, mm-hmm. he he always came and he found people that were there and he lifted them up and he trained them and he, you know, trained them in how to teach and how mm-hmm. to how to be pastors and then you know, usually he had to leave to go because he had another calling. And so I think whenever you are, you know, if that's, that's kind of a goal that I see that Andy has is that, that in our church, he wants to train people up and, you know, he, you know, he may not got, he, he may go somewhere, he may not go anywhere, but I think he wants to have it where we have a solid group of people that are servants, you know, mostly, and that we can, and that we can look to each other to to hold each other's burdens to yeah. i mean there's lots of different types of people lots of different 
um, I guess just lots of different people that go to that go to our church and you know each person has their own experiences that they can help and you're saying people are gifted differently, gifted differently I don't I think okay that's pretty cool I guess maybe yeah hold on hold on yeah yeah you can you can get into that I think maybe <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I I I feel like for me it was kind of a you know there's things that I see that Jacob is really good at you know kind-hearted you know listening to people and uh, being compassionate you know Paul has you know I I think the same the same thing he's he's willing to to be there for people he's pours into the word and can and can bring the word to into your life you know that can that can be that there for you uh, Andy he can really he can teach the word and can bring us and unite us together to be able to work together to to look for that goal to to bring other people to Christ and so you know with that I think me and John and you know whoever else comes in the future you know there's things that that different people can bring that that God has laid on our hearts that Mm -hmm. that are there for us to I think to to be able to capitalize on yeah and I, I give Andy a lot of credit for structuring it this way because when paul and i came on he made a joke i mean he he was joking but he said no now you guys can vote me out yeah and and i i appreciate that he had the humbleness to want a term that he uses a lot is plurality of leadership yeah yeah and i think that that is a very wise thing and it's a very um humble thing for him to seek and we've had lots of conversations about you know the the benefits of it, but but it's it's neat, Stephen, because I just want to echo what you said. the The kind of the plurality of leadership is neat to me because we all have blind spots, right? You know, I have things that that I don't see well, or that that I'm just the way I'm facing, I'm not seeing well. But if a person is, you know, if there's other people at the table, they can see behind me. And and I can see behind them, and we can all work together yeah. with a greater perspective for a greater good. So, so for me, when it comes to the pastoral training, mm-hmm. as to uh, when I was asked if I would like to yeah. go through the training, it was uh, I already had the calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gone my second year here at Redeemer. I'd gone to the uh, Acts twenty nine conference mm-hmm. in, oh, in Dallas. Dallas and I just really enjoyed seeing the leaders of God's church all these different denominations coming together mm-hmm. and with the common goal of getting Christ into their communities into the world and I I just really for those that don't know uh, John's an evangelist so <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there <laughs> And so I just I just really admired that. And so then I went back the second year and um, sitting through the instruction, the teaching, the different classes that they had. And uh, it just hit me. The Lord said, uh, I want you at Redeemer to help lead people. And so I just had that calling at that point. And so then the, as soon as the conference was over i met andy like the next week for lunch and i just said hey 
the Lord's told me that I'm going to lead here at, at Redeemer one day, and I don't know what that looks like. I know, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready yet, but I want you to know that. And, you know, his answer was, well, let's grow together and let's see. And literally like a year later, um, he asked if I wanted to come on board. And so that was the confirmation that, uh, you know, just God leading me to the trainings. So how do you feel like this pastoral training program has prepared you guys for pastoral leadership? I, again, when we went through it, I, I had, I don't know what exactly the right word, maybe insecurity might be a good word about, you know, again, I've not been to seminary. I'm not a, a, um, vocational pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think Andy and Paul again did a great job of showing me in the scriptures, like, you know, in the, in the list of requirements for a pastor, it doesn't say you have a degree. Exactly. It doesn't say your livelihood comes from the church. It doesn't say, you know, and they, and, and that impact, like the word empowered me to feel like, again, not in a, like not, not myself, but like, like it's God's working through me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, right. I, I, I don't have to limit what God can do from through me because I don't have a degree, you know, a, a seminary degree. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that's been, that's been really freeing to me. Like I, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's been really freeing to me to, to feel like, you know, Hey, this is biblical. Um, yeah. Which is the most important thing. Yeah. Which you know, is the most like, important thing. And it's, and it's neat too. I think again, as we, as we just continue to work to define terms, I mean, again, once, because again, what, what you know, if you would have asked me what it means to be a pastor, I would have said, a degree, a, a degree holding vocational yeah. minister. And, but, you know, again, I just, it's they, the, the Lord and the word and Paul and Andy did a very good job. I think helping me gain confidence in that of like, it's not coming from, it's not like my authority. It's not like, you know, um, it's, it's authority coming from God. And, and again, something I appreciate about Paul and Andy too is, you know, um, in our, pastoral meetings over the past few years, they have not treated me as a second class member. Um, yeah. You know, they've not, you know, I mean, cause both of them have, you, I mean, you guys have worked at churches for Andy and Paul have worked at churches for years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and both, both hold degrees from, like I say, universities, but they've not ever made me feel, um, second class i just am so blown away um just how much grace god's given us and Mm -hmm. what he's done you know in and through this church and you know through the leadership here and things that i'm learning still to this day about pastoral ministry it just there's something new you learn every day like you're you know never fully prepared like going to seminary or getting your you know mdiv or a phd and whatever like um which is what josh is going to be doing obviously (laughs) but like even all those things combined, you're still going to walk into a, a ministry moment where you're just asking for God's mercy and for asking for a word from him. Um, not to mention just holding his word and and counseling with the word, but that's, that's what we rely on. You know, at least when I'm thinking about being a pastor is like my increasing need of Jesus over and over again in dealing with people. So, well, I mean, think about the original pastors, the disciples. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were fishermen. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Jesus had to teach them how to pray, right? Like, yeah, uh, in Matthew uh, six, mm-hmm. you know, he's telling them, "Don't boast in in the things that you do, and uh, pray in this way. Teach them how to pray." Yep. It just like it's not just mm-hmm. seminary. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's totally the common as well. Yeah, absolutely. Did you point at Steven when you said common? No, yeah, Did he I pointed at me. He pointed at me, and he's like, yeah, he's common. So no, it's his turn. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to pass it. Yeah, he's trying to pass the mic. Torch. I think, um, I don't know, I was, whenever, I, whenever we started talking about this, I prayed that, I'm probably, probably like Jacob. Jacob's way smarter than me, but Andrew. he, <laughs> but he probably, you know, in the same way I was like, well, I don't know anywhere near enough, you know, to be able to be a pastor. Right. And I think, and I think it's, you know, the, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, you know, yeah, I, I mean, theology is important. Theology, you know, yeah, having, sure. having everything grounded in the word is you know, what, what we need to do, what we need to pursue and mm-hmm. being in prayer and that. But, you know, I think God, God can use us where we are. I mean, I kind of look at, um, in Brazil, when we went to Brazil, um, dude, that was like three years ago. I know that was three years ago. I want to go back. Yeah. We need to change that. Um, like they, they don't, they don't have most, I mean, almost all of their pastors for evangelical churches are lay pastors because they have, I think, seen, they've, you know, there's so many Catholic churches that they've had and they don't trust yeah. right. pastors, I think, that, that are being paid necessarily. So they, so they kind of long for those people that are like, okay, they have jobs elsewhere and so their heart is in it, you know. Exactly. So, so, so I think that, you know, having that, I think, is part of a, you know, part of a thing. Just like, like, like was, you know, like John said earlier. Is I mean, the first pastors were, you know, people that were just had other, had other jobs that they that they needed to, but they had a they had something that they needed to share share with other people, and that was you know, that was Christ. And so we, you know, we probably are, you know, I think we need, we need the, the word, we need the, the instruction, but sometimes I think I get caught up in, you know, I can't, I can't teach anyone, you know, I can't, I can't tell anyone what the word says because I'm going to mess up, you know, I'm going to do something that's, that's going to screw it up. And I think, I think, you know, kind of being in this, it's, you know, I've realized that, you know, you know, maybe I will screw up, you know, maybe I will. You will. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I will mess up. Maybe, maybe something will we happen. We have. We have. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I, I guess we have to just rely on Christ to, to be there to hopefully whenever we screw up that people see that. That's not a bad fallback. We're human, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not God. Yeah. So, right. and, I, and I think, I think were my fault were my fault i fall into the pride where i'm like well you know i you know how long am i going to have to spend in the bible before i'm you know good enough to Mm. to be a pastor well until the day i die (laughs) yeah so yeah for sure 
Well said. Definitely. So especially we've talked about some that the way you guys are leading now is just like the next step of the way you guys have always been leading at Redeemer, that you've loved people and you've welcomed people in and led them spiritually. Um, that makes me think about how before you were ever pastors or pastoral candidates, you were pastoring people just as members of the church and that as believers and as Second Peter says that we're this royal priesthood, mm. all believers are sort of priests and yeah. leaders and pastors. Yeah. What would you guys say to those listening who aren't pastors or pastoral candidates but are just members at Redeemer? Sure. How would you advise them about s- sort of pastoring people in their lives when they encounter people? Sure. Do you have any advice or what what does it look like just every day for the Christian to serve even in maybe a smaller capacity but to serve in that pastoral role? Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just read. Uh, to kickstart, Second uh, Timothy chapter four, <laughs> verses uh, one through five, he says, "I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions." And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Verse 5. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And so just quickly, because I want these guys to answer. Um, I think the call on the believer um, you know, wasn't, wasn't just you know, the great commission that we see of, of you know, Baptizing them in my name, making making disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, um, but but fulfilling your ministry, you know, doing the hard work of evangelism, um, as you guys would attest to, is hard work, um, endure suffering, um, be local, be among people, uh, be patient, you know, like that's so important. He says not he doesn't just say uh, with some patience and teaching. He says like complete patience, like this is going to take time, you mm-hmm. know to pastor people. I don't know. What, what would you guys add to that? If you have family, if you have children, lead your family as well. Sure. Um, it, have prayer. Have uh, Bible studies. Be intentional in conversation with your kids and your wife. and uh, Also, also awesome, just, man. and then not only that, it's like for what we've been doing for the, my kids play a lot of baseball. So we're going to the fields every weekend and, uh, there's believers, there's non-believers. There's everyone needs Jesus. So we're at the ball fields and there's opportunity for us to get together on Sunday mornings and have a devotional. So we get the word out through a devotional. Uh, we have prayer time. And uh, it's just a neat time of teaching your kids uh, how to leave that out as well and be intentional with your teammates yeah, and just the people that are involved in your lives. So uh, I would say... Well, all these qualifications, man, right, are predicated on you doing that in the home. So I think that's huge. Yes, yeah. I think it's... I think it's... Whenever I was asked by Andy, he said... Uh, it's nothing special that you do. You already do these things, but I don't think that it's 
it's not for just certain people to do this. It's all men should lead their families in this way if you're a believer and uh, spend that time with the families and leading them. So, uh, John and Stephen, thank you for joining us this week. You guys are amazing. I'm excited to see how you guys grow as pastors here. I felt loved by you guys in the past and constantly do, and I know you guys are going to continue to love people here at Redeemer. That's all we got for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, for more information about Redeemer Church, visit our website at redeemerchurch.cc where you can find information about our regroups, listen to our current sermon series, and follow our weekly blog posts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Redeemer Norman. Our prayer is that you would continue this conversation with your family and your community. God be with you this week.